Welcome to the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I'm your host, Dustin. And I'm your co-host, Aaron. Before we get into the movie, we want to take a second of your time to talk about where you can find us online. You can find us on Twitter, which is the BHO underscore podcast. Also on Instagram, which is the Baron's Hideout underscore podcast. Where can they find you, Aaron? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at double AA row. You can find all these links and more on our link tree. Lastly, if you want to support us and a small business, Twisted Allure, you can use our code BHO podcast for 5% off. Come listen if you dare. Dustin and I'm your co-host Aaron and today we uh, have a very special guest on Boomer from podcast in the woods and we are going to be covering Salem's Lot 1979 I kind of forgot that this was a miniseries until I looked it up and it said it was a miniseries because I remember it being a full-blown movie on TV um, before we get into all that I would like to have our guest Boomer uh, go and kind of just introduce himself and tell everybody where he can be found and, and what he does. So you got the floor, my friend. Okay, thank you, my dude. Yes, I am Boomer from Podcast in the Woods, and we are available on all podcasting networks. And it's funny because I was talking to a friend of mine's uh, wife the other day, and I had no idea. She brought it up like, hey, do you know you're available on this other random, ridiculous podcasting thing? And I'm like, uh, no, I had no idea, but that's uh, that's great. So we're we're available wherever you can, uh, wherever you get your your podcasts, and it's kind of a shit show, uh, but uh, you know, we just try to have a good time. And you can find me also on the uh, Twitter sphere at uh, Woods Podcast One. Uh, you can also email the show at Podcast in the Woods One uh, to tell me how terrible that my takes are because I get that. Oh man, so, come on! Your, your show is great. I'm modest. It's great, and you're blowing up. Like I was saying before, like he he's really blowing up. Like it's crazy. You've been doing this what only a couple months, right? Yeah. Uh, so we started in March, I think. I think it was. That sounds we, about right. Uh, yeah, February March time frame is is when I started after a couple of years of procrastination. And it's funny. Yeah, I was uh, talking to you guys, and I told you I'd share this this story. So. My first introduction into content creation was on YouTube. And it's funny because I'm terrible with technology, with editing, any of the things that are involved with being a good show. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> so uh, my YouTube channel uh, was called Terrible Reviews, and that was kind of a play on words. Um, and it was for two reasons. One, uh, because I reviewed a lot of terrible movies, and I love, I love, love, love terrible movies i love watching the shit for some, whatever reason and uh, so it was for that but also i had no idea you see all the wonderful youtube people and they do such great work such hard work where they're they're putting the clips into the video as they're talking to them and making jokes and stuff like that i didn't know how to do that i had no idea how to add outside video to uh to your actual video so what i did was i created 
stick figures of the scene. So, for instance, like if I was talking about Evil Dead, I would have Ash with a as a stick figure with his chainsaw and be talking about the scene he was in. It would be basically <laughs> like a, cool. a flip book. I like that though. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it was it was crazy unique, but man, um, I hated it at the time. But I, I, it's terrible. Like I lost all that content because the computer that I was using crashed, and I deleted my channel, no. so you can't find it anymore. So I don't have access to any of those videos. But yeah, at some point, I may bring that back just because it's so stupid and so much fun. Good. That would be an awesome idea. Just like making it so like campy because in a way that's super campy of just making it i don't know like in a way as bad as possible but also really funny because your show is hilarious i love i love the takes that you have on things and um (laughs) all your guests that come on everybody's always laughing having a great time and that's what being a podcaster is all about at the end of the day you know um especially us you know dealing with horror with like such like grotesque and like terrible things that happen No, so it's good to kind of have the off balance of the uh, comedic um, uh, no, part of everything instead of just keeping it so bloody and, and gross and everything. So I, I love your show. I listen to every single time you guys drop. I'm always making sure I'm sharing. And um, I know you're, you're part of the same um, you know, um, YouTube, uh, not YouTube, um, podcast group, the uh, F Entertainment on Twitter. And everybody there is just amazing. And I'm, I'm so happy that you're a part of it because just – being introduced to everybody, um, we uh, started uh, last March, not not this March that this happened, but the you no know, last year, and we just hit our one year, and we've been getting so many podcast guests on, and that's what we were trying to focus on this year is doing a lot more, but just like people that do podcasts and community, not so much actors and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the reasons why we kind of started doing mm-hmm. podcasts was um, I'm a huge horror fan. Aaron likes horror, but he's not as versed as I am. So the, the whole dynamic of this is like I'm trying to teach him and, you know, kind of get him the to. Of yeah, <laughs> and him to understand like how certain genres of horror work. And you're kind of doing the same thing. You always like pit like really bad movies against really good movies and, <laughs> yeah. and i think that's i think that's so good and you always let your pretty much your guests like pick which ones they want as long as it's like dealing with the same thing and that's great keep doing that yeah man. yeah i uh i subject my guests to a lot of uh, terrible crap it's and it's funny because i always every time that i tell somebody that they're coming on i'm like hey you can pick whatever movie you want and they're so nice they always pick like these awesome you know well-received movies yeah. so you know, I go the opposite direction. Like, for instance, like when I had the burn on, the burn's one of my heroes, man. He's a good dude. But uh, when I when I had him on, and Ian too, like I made Ian watch Pieces, <laughs> and he hated I love that. Pieces. That was one of the first movies we did, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, we covered that one last year, and like it's so bad that it's good. You know, it's one of those yeah. movies. But yeah, he was. Uh, it was his first watch, so uh, he came back with like, "Okay, what are you making me watch?" <laughs> um, that the Vern, uh, I made him watch Grizzly Rage, which was a made yeah. TV Grizzly Attack movie, which was amazing. He hated it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm kind of a sadist, I guess, uh, when it when it comes to uh, my movie picks. So yeah, like somebody would come on, they'll pick they'll pick something good. I'm like, okay, well, I'm gonna. I'm probably gonna make you watch something that's trash. <laughs> and you know, I'm okay with that because I I like my trash as much as I love my good stuff. Like I have to have an, uh, a balance. You can't have everything good. I mean, unless you really want to be picky about everything. But then again, if it's a new movie, 
and not many reviews out there, you're not going to know if it's good or bad. So you'll eventually stumble on something really bad. And that's why I love your shows. It's, it's literally anything goes. And everybody always comes out laughing. Just your takes are really funny, too. <laughs> I usually... um. I listen to them when they first come out, and then I like to kind of do like another take during the week as much as I can with other podcasts. So I try to get in at least uh, one or two plays on every podcast, um, and that's for everybody that's in our group uh, on Twitter and even like other ones. But um, one of the uh, podcasts that really uh, made us want to do what we do, especially me, was um, The House That Screams. Because, oh, yeah. I mean, Candy and, and Sean and the the whole group over there, they're so good. And I'm um, having hilarious too. And being on their show twice, and then also having Sean on a couple of weeks ago, and now we're having Candy come on, and I think they're both coming on again later this year. It's just such a dream come true because everybody there is so nice, and I know oh, you yeah. just did one with um with both of them that were really really good. So um, <laughs> you got introduced to how crazy they are, especially Candy because she's got some crazy takes. <laughs> Uh, oh man that's i love i love candy and sean so so very much so it's it's so funny yeah the difference between those two we have sean man he's so well spoken and has mm -hmm. such tremendous takes and the candy will just go off the rails like she loves to talk <laughs> so my episode with candy ended up being like four and a half hours long yeah <laughs> so we just and it's crazy like we got to the movies kind of uh, but we just we're just talking, yeah, just talking about crazy stuff a lot of the time. And I, I, I told her, I was like, listen, um, I'm going to have to edit this down because the file was so huge that I couldn't even download it onto, uh, onto the computer. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That's great. <laughs> oh yeah. She definitely likes to ramble and that's, that's good. I mean, that's what oh, I do too. I that's... was, I was as bad as she was. Yeah. I mean, as you can tell, I, we were talking about everything, but what we're yeah. supposed to be talking <laughs> Makes about. Makes a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, and like even like their show is crazy. They have like seven people on, like they max, have, they you know, have like nine all the time, now. plus guests. So yeah. it's like just getting like the round table is, is ridiculous. I can't even imagine running a show like that. So like, bless their hearts controlled with everything chaos, that they do. As they it. <laughs> yeah, controlled chaos. It's it's great. So um, everybody, please go check out the house that screamed as well, even though they're not here, but. Go check them out because they're great. But um, I think on that note, we can probably start jumping into Salem's Lot because this is a long movie. Well, miniseries if you want to <laughs> say it like that. But it's pretty much a movie now. There's no um, I think separate discs or anything you can get nowadays. Um, kind of like we just did It. We did um, It miniseries versus the It movies last week. And I know that the It miniseries is kind of combined into one disc. If I remember correctly. But um, if anybody hasn't seen this one, um, watch it. And then there was a remake that happened, which I think Rob Lowe was in it. Oh, yeah. I saw that um, when I was reading about it. That was like 2002. And then I think they're remaking it again, if I remember correctly, that they're doing that. Um, but um, I think we can have Aaron kind of pop open the IMDb. He's our, our IMDb dude that kind of goes through all the people that acted in it. But uh, before we go through that, as always, um, I'll start with Boomer. Your first impressions before we get to the actual like grading and everything at the end of the show. First impressions. What do you think of this movie? Okay, so this was my first watch. I had never seen really Salem's Lot. Me too. <laughs> this is great. Yeah. 
And I came to it probably 15 years too late. So if I had seen this in my formative years when I was discovering horror, it would probably be a lot higher. But it is basically a neutered horror film. Uh, mm-hmm. Like you like you had mentioned, it was a made-for-TV movie, and Stephen King obviously is famous for those, whether it's It or Storm of the Century, which, I, you know, that's, that's hit or miss. That, that, that yeah. first section of Storm of the Century is ridiculously good, and, you know, give me what I want, and I'll go away. And, it, yep. you know, there, there's so much tension in that. And then once it wraps up, it's kind of like, oh, okay, thanks. That wasn't that wouldn't worth the payoff. But this is kind of along the, the same lines. So I'm, I'm watching it, and, you know, there's, there's no blood, you know, no gore, nothing in it. It is, it is pretty straightforward, pretty vanilla. And I do, I like vampire movies in, in general. Um, I like Bliss. Uh, I love Bram Stoker's Dracula. The Thirst is my jam. I'm, I'm an Asian horror guy, so that, that movie from South Korea is one of the best vampire movies you'll ever see. Let the right one in. Uh, and it goes it goes on and on. Daughters of Darkness. I love all these. Martin uh, from George oh, A. Romero yeah. is a fantastic, fantastic, uh, I don't know, you can't see me right now, but uh, in quotations, vampire film. So this one did not quite live up to that into the hype and i know that there's a lot of people that love this movie and for good reason like i said if 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 i had been if it didn't hit the nostalgia button then this definitely would have been a lot higher but it just fell uh, it, it was just kind of uh fell a little bit short yeah i can agree on some yeah. of that stuff um aaron um well first of all it's long as you said <laughs> it's yes a wicked slow burn um yeah this is like the definition of slow burn and even at the <laughs> end it's still burning oh my <laughs> slowly <God. laughs> but yeah um i ended up kind of like um picking through a little bit um and you fell asleep so that definitely asleep. says something um <laughs> for, your, for your first view i know you, know, you, you fell asleep I mean, I, I don't really, I don't blame you on that because it it definitely takes a lot of it. Yeah. But um, but from the scenes, um, like you know, like towards the end where it starts picking up, though, like the vampires are fucking terrifying. I will say, um, yeah, Barlow looks awesome. I think yeah. that the makeup effects on him are are great, and even like all the eyes, the, oh, the, yeah. the eyes are shown in this in this are phenomenal, and you know with like um. Mike uh, rocking in his hair too. That's mm-hmm. also very creepy. That's another like very iconic scene. Yeah, it, it definitely has a lot of like uh, bad things, but some good things. Um, this was like you were saying. This is more of a, a nostalgia hit for me. Uh, before we go into a lot of it, but I'll say about one scene that I remembered throughout my whole life, even now, that scared the hell out of me. And I think you guys could probably see why. I was maybe, I was very young. And keep in mind that the first like real horror movie that I saw, well, more of a slasher, was Halloween. Um, so I was kind of already introduced to a lot of like suspense and stuff like that. But um, I think I was maybe between the ages of 11 and 13, uh, around there. And um, I was watching this one night with um, my mom and my stepfather, which I did with a lot of horror movies. They were kind of like my catalyst into a lot of this. Um, it was late 
uh, I don't remember what channel it was on, but uh, we were just settling down. Uh, it was probably about six or seven. And keep in mind, this is like a three-hour movie. So we, we watched the whole thing. And um, the one scene that really, really scared the crap out of me was when um, Danny um, Flick is in bed. And his brother comes to the window. And he starts scratching on the window oh, and all the fog. And this is 11, in between 11 and 13-year-old me who... This is, was literally afraid of everything. I was watching mm -hmm. horror at the time, but like I couldn't even go into a haunted house or anything without like crying. I'm completely different now. I'm like completely turned around. <laughs> That's why I'm doing this podcast. But um, just that scene alone, I I had to stop watching. Um, but I eventually revisited it later. But that that scene, I was like, I need to go to bed. So I went to bed because that was so terrifying. And especially when the when it opens up and he comes floating in, mm -hmm. he's got the face. Even though it's kind of far away, you don't really see too much detail on him, but you can tell he's got like fangs and his eyes are glowing. He's got the hands like this. He's like, oh, it's it's so creepy. And I think that's like one of the first things I showed you yeah. um, a couple months back before we decided on doing this movie. You're like, that's creepy as fuck. Which I mean, considering to like um when the movie came out and like yeah. how you know like. It's and how simple it was. It's in the fact that it was made for TV. Yeah, still scary. And uh, another quick thing before we like really dive into this, I don't think a lot of people realize that this was directed by Toby Hooper. Now Texas Chainsaw Massacre, dude. You know, and he did um the Fun House and a bunch of other really crazy stuff. So him to kind of do this, this must have been because he was really um, pals with Stephen King because he was he's pals with everybody. You know, so he was like kind of in that circle, like you know, Mick Garris as well. Um, and I'm just really surprised that Stephen King didn't do the screenplay for this because a lot of the um, movies and miniseries back then, Stephen King actually would help write the screenplays, like he did with Pet Cemetery. Mm -hmm. He wrote that. We covered that one a couple weeks back. One but um, favorites. this is definitely Toby Hooper's, I think, weakest film. I think. Just in my opinion. Um, but I think, unless you guys have anything else you want to add, we can have Aaron jump into all the uh, the people who starred in this and and whatnot. And Boomer, if you have anything you want to add in between, feel free to, uh, to shout it out. All right. Yeah, the, so the only thing about uh, the, the Toby Hooper connection, uh, something that I was reading on, uh, the, like the trivia for this, was originally this was supposed to be uh, an actual movie that was released in cinemas and so george a romero was supposed to direct this film oh i actually and, remember reading that yeah that's right yes so it would have been a, a completely uh different different movie than uh, what they came up with but they just because of the size of the book and yeah you know a number of, of different factors they, they didn't want to condense it so they ended up making it into a a tv miniseries and after after all that happened, George A. Romero took a look at the script and all that, and decided, no, I, you know, I, I I can't do it. I can't make the. I don't have the the, the vision for it. It's just it's just not going to work with what I actually want to do. And so then Toby Hooper ended up getting in, involved with it, and so we got the the product that we we ended up getting. Yeah, I also know that they they kind of left a lot of things out from the book too, because I've read the book. And there's a lot of like reviews and stuff I was reading all over the place that people are like, stick to the material that's in the book. It's like, well, if you're trying to put something that's from paper onto screen, there's a lot of things you got to consider there. You know, you can't just like throw the whole thing at it. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, you kind of have to pick the best parts or what you to think. highlight it. Or what, yeah, what you think are the best parts, and that will help the story kind of move along. And and in some cases, you have to create new things, which you know they they definitely did in in certain parts of this. They uh, had to kind of improvise and make things a little bit more exciting to the eye, and not so and you know what you hear instead of what you're reading and having your imagination take over. But yeah, that that is very interesting. I totally forgot that that um, George is going to be part of this. So that's another thing that happened a lot back then. It's like you had all these up and coming, you know, directors like George Romero and um, Mick Garris, I think at the time was kind of doing some stuff and um, Toby Hooper. And they were all kind of in this, this group and it always seemed like things would be passed. And even like Steven Spielberg to, to an extent was kind of in that group as well. And it's just really interesting to, to know that it could have went in a completely different direction. If one of these other directors did it, you know, mm-hmm. I would kind of how it would have been like. You know? I would love to see a George A. Romero like Salem's Lot. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. would he have put zombies in it? Hmm. Probably, maybe. <laughs> maybe. But um, go ahead, Aaron. I want to read off some of the uh, the actors because yes. for a long movie, there's this... actually not that many no. characters when you think about it. All right, so we'll start off with David Soul, who plays Ben Mears. Uh, Known yep. from Starsky and Hutch. Yep, and um, I think he did a great job. I think um, Ben is very good in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, yeah, he's in the Hitcher, Bill. Um, yeah. Um, Another thing that we always like, like kind of come across too with like a lot of horror actors. I don't, I don't know if you catch on to this boomer, but a lot of people do. A lot of TV work. Oh, yeah. Way more TV work before and... they do horror. But as soon as they get into the horror, it's like that's where they're stuck. Even, you like, know? a lot of, like, I've been seeing a lot of children's shows lately, too, that, like, you know, people are, like, going through these pages, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, they start off in children's shows and movies. <laughs> yeah, it's always weird. Um, well, it's kind of like uh, Ty West, like we were kind of talking about before the show, you know, that just came out with, with X. I mean, it's took a hiatus for years yeah. from horror. I mean, he came out with the, the innkeepers and house of the devil, which was amazing. And then he did a ton of TV work in between, in between them before, yeah. you know, finding something that he was interested in and doing again. It's actually, I don't know if you listen to uh, Mick Garris's podcast on postmortem. He did an interview with Ty West about X and he was kind of describing, I know this is like kind of going off, but that's okay. I love these rambles. He was um, um, kind of describing to Mick Garris that um, he was kind of waiting for a time to have his own quote-unquote franchise. And that's what X is because he already has the next one filmed. You know, and like at the end of the movie, like you have to stay through all of the credits to get it. But that is like the premise of his next film. And I'm excited as hell for it. Um, so I just hope that um with how ty west is and how he's i don't know he's coming a lot bigger now i hope because he's so independent i don't want any companies going in there and messing up with his vision because he knows what he wants and what he wants to do and my favorite like literally my favorite horror movie of almost all time is house of the devil because i I love how it's pretty much like a, a solo act throughout the whole thing and like it's got little like um, bits and pieces of uh, really intense moments, and um, really good like gunshot to the head and stuff like that. And just the ending of how 
ridiculous it is it, it's great and all of his movies are always like um being the aesthetic of a certain time period so that's like the 80s x is the 70s and um i think the next one's supposed to be between the 50s and 60s it's great i, I love it so i hope it just keeps going on this path and he doesn't get anybody to We're interrupt in time <laughs> yeah i don't want anybody to interrupt what he's got going on because he's uh he's phenomenal if you haven't seen x go watch it especially when it comes out on uh, dvd and stuff all right um we got james mason who plays richard draker yeah, he's, he's more of a, an old movie dude. Yeah. Um, let's see, Lloyd, uh, Loita, Lotia. I have no. He's also. I, I think he's. I think he's German <laughs> or he's French or something. So he's got a lot of um, a lot of those types of movies. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, a lot of stuff I've heard of. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> um, and we got Lance Kerwin who plays Mark. Um, Another really good performance. He was in Outbreak, Holmes Lot of Horror, Wonder Woman from '77. Yeah, because um, he was he was a kid back then, so yeah. he was definitely that. Um, oops. Oh. Um, it keeps resetting. <laughs> he has it all on his phone so it just keeps like refreshing it's really freaking funny <laughs> um then we got bonnie uh badila badilia um, yeah that seems about right play susan yep. um lou ears jason julie cobb bonnie salyer oh, that's definitely a conversation we're having to talk <laughs> about the whole bonnie situation oh Alicia Cook Jr. plays Gordon Weasel Phillips. And I don't know if you guys realize this, but the guy who plays Weasel was also House on Haunted Hill. Huh. So he, he was in there. I forget what the hell he played, but he did the... Um, click on it. I want to know um, what, what the character name was, because I forget. Watson. Yeah, he played Watson, so he was like the skeptic. So I don't know if, if anybody out there really put two and two together huh. but uh yeah he's he's uh he's an old actor great performance he moved to be 91 yeah yeah he was he's not in salem's a lot but when he is i think he he does a really good job he's got those eyes and stuff too great. uh george oh man this is i'm gonna butcher it's this okay name. <laughs> you, don't have to go, you don't have to go through all yeah. of them we kind of went through For the main um, yeah, the cast main people. yeah um mm-hmm. but if i have to pick a favorite of like one of my the characters in it i mean everybody's gonna say oh ben but i'm really gonna say mark i think mark um is pretty much the hero of this film Mm -hmm. if i have to say um but that's just my opinion yeah Uh, do you want to bring up some uh rotten tomatoes yeah absolutely all right boom you want to guess on what the uh, rotten tomato score is all right all right this is the oh sorry this is the critic score 17 reviews tomato i'm going Rotten Tomato, sorry. No, you're fine. I'm I'm going to guess that this was pretty highly rated coming out in 1979 on TV. Mm-hmm. So you know, and, and like you like you'd already talked about, I, I think it was pretty scary for the time. So I'm going to have to say an audience score of around 70 and a critic score of uh, 60. All right. We're close on the audience score. We get twenty five thousand plus ratings, and it's at sixty four percent. 
Okay. Which is actually very good for, I guess, watching it now. It depends yeah. on, like, when those ratings were. That's not yeah. thing I think of. But... There's so many of them, too, so it's... Yeah, but, um... like, watching it now, I think people will probably change. <laughs> yeah. yeah unless you have like high nostalgia like i did yeah oh my god these eyes are fucking getting me it's just yeah. like the showing it's, it's like crazy. a close-up of one of the vampires <laughs> um and then the uh, audience score is 88 percent oh wow that, that's pretty good for that's critics pretty uh yeah received how many were there uh 17 17 <laughs> reviews <laughs> oh wow that's funny um what have we got for some uh reviews in there anything uh horrible yeah. Sometimes you get some really wacky reviews. All right, so they're all bad. Well, these right. are all pretty. Um, are those good? These are good ones. Okay, yeah. Okay. Um, so it places the emphasis on Hooper's fluid camera work, creepy as uh, creepy atmospherics, and skillful handling of the gripping climax. Okay. Um, Hooper. So that's more about just how like film looked. Okay. Yeah. Understanding. Um, Hooper comes close to creating a modern-day hammer horror film, punctuating a steady, stately dread with moments of shocking power. I've seen a lot of hammer films, and this didn't really ring any bells of it being hammer-like, mm. so that's interesting. Um, undoubtedly one of the best Stephen King adaptations, and still manages to be scary years after it premiered in Homes Across the... Eh, I wouldn't say best. Uh, from what we have now... Oh uh, yeah, no, no. Whenever that when was sometime. that was 2019. So oh, two, that was like the year the fucking Pet Cemetery remake came out. I I, <laughs> I don't agree that this is one of the best adaptations. Uh, what about you, Boomer? What do you what do you do you think they're truthful on that one? Uh, no, well, as far as TV miniseries are concerned, I probably gonna rank this one as as the best. Uh, not a huge fan of the original It, and not a huge fan. Oh, of get out! Storm get out! We need to get them off. <laughs> not, uh, we not a huge fan fans of, of, of Rose Red. Yeah, um, definitely not of the Shining remake. So, as far as TV miniseries are concerned, then yeah, this is probably, in, in my opinion, which I mean, um, whatever, yeah, considering censorship and yeah, because It you couldn't that's... really put on TV, so. Uh, well, you could, but like you know, if you wanted the full like, well. you're gonna put this above Tim Curry? How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> no, I understand. Uh, Tim Cur- Tim Curry's performance in yeah. is, oh, yeah. is yeah, better yeah, than yeah, anything exactly. that we've ever got. Um, yeah. in a in a TV miniseries, he's phenomenal. I mean, TV Tim Curry's god. But uh, as far as other adaptations, no. I mean, this this falls well below Doctor Sleep. It falls obviously. Oh, Doctor Sleep is so good. Sleep is so on my list yeah. i've seen that movie and read that book like five times it's it's great mike flanagan i say it all the time anything that guy touches is a masterpiece <laughs> yeah yeah he had me at you and mcgregor I, I would make out with that dude no. <laughs> I, I, i'm right there with you man i can't wait for uh, the new star wars oh yeah that's gonna be amazing but yeah so uh dr sleep i mean the shining even something like maximum overdrive which is just stupid as hell i i, I would watch that all day long before i watched this one yeah, I, yeah. I agree Same. with you on that, man. Um, small screen restrictions require the bloodletting to be kept to a minimum, but director Toby Hooper and scripter Paul Monash uh, ne- nevertheless managed to construct a first-rate chiller out of King's uh, fertile source material. Uh, so no, those... no bad reviews that I can see. Yeah. That's okay. We'll leave it at that. We don't, hey, we don't need to okay. keep digging all the bad ones. No. I don't want to go looking for them. <laughs> so, um, in a... 
next thing that we do is that we kind of just go through the film. Um, so if you want Boomer, if highlights. you want to kind of just like nitpick anything um, in the beginning of the film or anywhere in it, um, we can kind of keep to a free for all because this movie is so long. I feel like if you were gonna like literally go through everything, this would be like a five, five hour, hour episode. like episode. So um, Boomer, What's our record like four now, right? No, three and a half or three and shit. a half. Yeah, with with Dean, I think. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> So, um, Boomer, if you want to start us off with um, anything you want to pick that you want to highlight on this, um, go right ahead. Do you believe a thing can be inherently evil? Marston House, for instance. How do you like that old house? Needs work, but we have time. Open the window. He commands it. Oh, something all just happened since since I came here. Tried to rape me. The vampires are creating vampires. Hey, this thing is moving. Yeah, you know I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Bill, Bill. Where are you, Sammy darling? Mr. Barlow is on a buying trip, but the moment he arrives, he'll enjoy Mr. Barlow. And he'll enjoy you. Okay, sure. So let me talk about that opening since I saw this on Tubi. I don't know if you guys have this on Blu-ray or however oh, you saw it. Yeah. I own it, but I also watched it on Tubi. Okay, so I saw this opening probably five or six times because every time that there would be a commercial break, uh, it would it would go back to the beginning. Oh, yeah, it does that to oh, me too. No. It does that yeah. to me too. It's annoying. So it's funny because, uh, like I said, I had never seen this movie before. So, like this, you know, you're you're seeing them in the church and they're gathering holy water. Which, wash your hands before you get that holy water. They were just dirty as hell, and yeah, you know, dipping into the dipping into the holy water and stuff. But uh, so I saw it the second time, and I thought maybe they were just calling back to the beginning of the movie or whether, you know, because I knew that that was actually what happened later. So it didn't, it wasn't until like the fourth time when I realized that I was, I was actually going back to the beginning of the movie every single time. So I'm very familiar <laughs> oh with the beginning of this movie, but yeah, so it was crazy. They, they get this holy water and then it starts glowing. I don't think it did that earlier on in them or later on in the movie when they, when, when they do that at the, at the church. So, they get, gather holy water. It starts glowing to tell them that there is an evil uh, around, and so they got vampire sense now, apparently. <laughs> They've been doing it for so long. Yeah, yeah. So they've been doing it for two years at this point at the the prologue or the the epilogue or however yeah, you want to have you want to call it exactly whatever you want to uh, define that as, and and so that we we get in and we meet our characters, but yeah. Um, so they open up in, in Guatemala and at first it, and it was so funny because I know that a lot of times and you hear this a lot where people are upset because there are, are they, they hire white actors, which is just kind of crazy for different movies. And so I, when it opened in Guatemala, I, they're all dirty and stuff like that. I thought that they were supposed to be Hispanic. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 so yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, man, this is fucked up. 
But yeah, it turns out uh, that these are actually our main characters. These are Ben and Mark, who we will be introduced to here in a little bit. And uh, so we 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 meet them, and then we we meet Ben, who is an author, of course. And I think this is the movie or the book because this is Stephen King's second book. And I'm not I'm not the biggest Stephen King fan. I do like a lot of the adaptations, and I've seen basically all the movies. I, actually, I think I have seen all of the movies, including There's a lot. Dinner, which is piece of shit but uh you know I, I i haven't read his books except for i think cell is the only book that i've i've ever read from from stephen king so i'm not real familiar with any of the the source material so here is where we get the first introduction to stephen king you know doing his thing where things are set in maine and we have an author and a teacher as the main protagonist um, because I think by by this time he starts doing just ridiculous amounts of coke, and so it's it's yeah, <laughs> a bit, yeah. it's it's a little bit easier to be, uh, you know, to to have that inspiration or to write, you know, if you're doing something from a familiar perspective. So uh, we yeah we meet Ben and I and I don't know uh, I think actually Ben is not my favorite character and Mark's not my favorite character. I actually like the doctor. The doctor I thought the skeptic was, was oh Bill. Uh, yeah, Bill was the, yeah. the, the coolest one. But it's, uh, it's so funny. Something else that sticks out between that dynamic between uh, between Mark and Bill were Mark or, uh, or Bill. Bill. No, Ben. Ben. Ben, yeah. There's a get, lot. I'm going to get this right eventually. So <laughs> Ben ends up dating, you know, uh, Bill's daughter, who is like his, his friend's daughter, which is just kind of weird. I don't know if that's a, you know, that, that, that that's a thing that should be. It should be yeah. done. That would be a little bit awkward. But yeah, that's just some of the stuff that stuck up to me at the very beginning. Like we're getting these kingisms uh that we will see on down the road and you know into into the future. That and the the, the weird vampire sense thing. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, um that that is really funny that that was happening to you because that happened to me, but the, the restarting happened to me like three times. And then I had to switch over to actual copy. <laughs> I'm like, I can't, I can't do this. Um, and um, there's a lot of commercials on Tubi also. So oh that kind of like, it kind of throws you out of the loop. That was happening to me, happening to me um, with some movies I was doing before. It's watching on, on Tubi and I'm so into it. And it's like, there's a commercial break. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, okay. 10 minutes, another commercial break. I'm like, oh my God, this is worse than like live TV. So yeah. yeah. Having Netflix was so long too. It's like, even just like a 30 second ads, like what the fuck? <laughs> yeah. And like also knowing that this is a three hour movie <laughs> and it's like every 15, 20 minutes, there's an ad and it's like, Oh my God. Last it hour just it advertisement. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's really annoying. Um, but I do like that whole dynamic between, um, uh, Ben and Bill too, especially when he's at the dinner and, you can tell the the mother is really confused whether she should like him or not. And like, um, she asks Susan like what kind of books he writes. He's like, well, the new one's about two boys or two men. And she's like, oh, it's not one of those, is it? <laughs> so it's like you got to keep in mind that the, the time that this was into, um, there was a lot of uh, stuff going around like that with like the gay community and stuff. Um, so I don't know if that was like a, a negative thing that she was saying or if it was a positive but i took it as something negative i'd be like oh, yeah. oh it's like yeah, a it's the tone kind of it's just like you didn't need to say that so i don't know if, i don't remember if that is specifically in 
the book. I don't think it is. It's been a long time since I've read it. Um, but anyway. Oh, yeah, you the, read the book, so now you can compare the movie. Yeah, if I or, remember. Yeah, if... <laughs> no, because it, it's been such a long time. I have a lot of Stephen King books, and I have read through most of them. Um, uh, I've read... Th- this is crazy, but I've read through it like eight times, and it's a, wow. a thousand-page <laughs> book. Um, yeah, I, I love that one so much. It's my, my favorite Stephen King thing. Besides, like, The Dark Towers is, is really, really good. Um, but... Going off thinking about um, other important things that happen, because like we were saying, this movie is a very slow start, very slow burn. It's almost like, I think it's the second half. So if you were watching this on TV and if they were splitting it in between, like, you know, um, part one and part two, part two is when everything starts kind of going crazy. Like things happen a little bit, but in like the first like hour and a half, but not as Mm -hmm. much as like, um, two hours and beyond. So um, I think the whole dynamic between um, Bonnie, um, uh, Crockett, and Colin is really crazy because um, at first you're not really sure what's going on. Um, ben kind of stumbles in there. He's like looking for a place and he wants to stay at the Marston house. I'm like, oh, no, no, it's not there. Um, and then like uh, Bonnie says something to Crockett and you're kind of like, eh. Okay, so they must be together. You kind of get that that sense. But then, like, she goes home later, and she has a husband. And she's like, oh, I want to have fun with you tonight, so don't, don't be drinking. And then the next time you see them, it's Bonnie and Crockett, like, kind of, like, going at it again. And she keeps calling him um, Honey. And he's like, no, you need to stop doing that because you're going to forget. And then she's like, oh, yeah, okay, Honey. And he's <laughs> like, oh, oh, I forgot. And then... um. <laughs> Then um, the next thing that, that kind of happens is uh, Colin gets um, lined up to do this uh, this pickup for uh, one of the guys who runs a shop in, in town. It's like an antique shop. Um, Striker. He runs his business with uh, his uh, quote unquote business partner uh, partner Arlo, and he kind of like you know has Crockett uh, get down some uh, information and bring stuff up to his house. So he he um, gets lined up to do this job, but then he goes to pick up the um, Mike, who is the cemetery dude, and then Ned, who is like Su- Susie's or Susan's old boyfriend, but now he's with Ben. There's a lot of weird crossing overs of things in here, and also the names are almost very similar. You get confused who the hell is who. And sometimes I always think Mike is Mark or Mark is like Mike. And you were saying that you thought like Ben was Bill or or, ben. or Bill's Ben or something <laughs> like that. At one time I thought Crockett was um was Ned, and I was like, what? Because <laughs> like there's so many like things that like cross over. Oh, wait, who's... <laughs> <laughs> so um yeah, he gets lined up to do this job, and he goes to like give uh, Susan. Uh, oh my God, here we go again. Now I keep thinking Bonnie is Susan. <laughs> He goes to say bye to Bonnie and says he's going to go to like Portland because he has to go um, do a job. Talks to the constable and says, oh, I'm going to do this thing. Uh, but he gets um, Ned and Mike to do what Stryker wanted so that um, um, Colin, or Coleus, I'm going to call him, go to spy on Bonnie and um, Crockett. And he's like sitting outside and uh, the 
guys that are doing the pickup kind of like talk about oh yeah well he's gonna go do like this um scare tactic because he knows what's going on between the two of them blah 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 so um he eventually um sees um crockett go into his house because bonnie invites him over and then he has a, a shotgun with him and he goes in he's waiting a little bit to go until he he realizes it's, it's his turn so he breaks in and then bonnie plays the whole oh my god he was going to rape me so like this is another thing you got to remember this is made for tv i know times like way back then but i don't think they really say like rape or rapist unless you're watching like law and order now uh i think like oh, on, on yeah like on like actual like definitely not no but it was just really funny that she's like playing that card like oh my god he just he came in and he, he's trying to rape me in, in my house when like obviously the like, is like outside like listening and he's like oh, he was gonna rape you is it so it's like it, it's so weird to hear these things in an old show knowing how the world is now um especially aaron and i just did like i spit in your grave uh like about almost a month back yeah. nowadays so it's like it's weird knowing every movie that we've done so far or almost every movie has mm -hmm. the word like rape or something like that happening in it ever since we did that episode oh i know it's so kind of weird <laughs> um but yeah that's just a whole funny thing that that happens Holy uh, takes um, Crockett out and like kind of like plays with him and scares him and the shotgun is, is you know, empty but he runs off and then you get like goes into the room with Bonnie and they close the door and, and all you hear is him beating her up it's like oh my fucking god Jeez. so this this um, mini series slash movie is pretty freaking crazy so I always thought um, watching this now um, because obviously when I was younger, I wasn't really understanding all the other things other than the shit that was scaring me at the time. And watching this now and realizing what was in this movie, especially very early on. It... Um, but yeah, that's like the, the one of the bigger things I wanted to talk about. But um, Aaron, was there anything with anywhere in the movie that you wanted to kind of highlight that you, you thought was like worth mentioning? Um. I know you were, you kind of fell asleep through some yeah. of it, so I don't I don't blame you if you don't remember much. Because I mean, I think nowadays um, everybody's attention spans very. Oh, I know low. now that you got like fucking. I blame Vine honestly from when we were in high school, the six second videos. Yes, yes. But um, let's see. Um, I don't remember where I like up. <laughs> Um, because I think I woke up in the middle of that actually. That oh, really? fucking terrifying scene, the window scene. Yeah. Well, um, we can talk about that one if you want. I think that's a little um, far ahead, though, right? No, honestly, like I said, how long this movie is, we can oh, pick yeah. anything. I'm not gonna like sit here and go through the whole thing unless you guys want to do that. Boomer, if you want to do that, we can go through the whole movie if you Five want. Five hours later. Nope. No, 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 no. <laughs> Although I will say, I will say that you know, as you were mentioning that, yeah, watching this was. That was that part was just so cringy. I mean, bon, Bonnie, and I think they even call her Boom Boom Bonnie or something. Yeah, Boom like Boom Bonnie. Boom. Uh, it's it's so so cringy, and yeah, she's just a bitch. And then, but I mean, her husband's a piece of shit too. So I mean, you know, who do you really yeah. really blame in that? You know, I mean, obviously, if if that's what he resorts to at that point, instead of you know just ending the relationship or something, 
and they kind of, I don't know, maybe I missed it because it is a three hour movie. So I know that they're driving down the road at some point with a bunch of crap in the car. Yeah. So I don't know if they just fucked out of the movie at that point and are still together or what the hell happened with that storyline. I don't remember uh, either. I don't yeah. even remember if it was any, if it was in the book, but yeah, they kind of just like leave and it's like, Oh, bye. <laughs> I will never see you again. Like yeah. it's like the whole rest of the town is like literally getting screwed over by these vampires and stuff. It, I guess they were lucky because they were the only ones that like really didn't get hurt. Because everybody else here introduced to, no, they got the bullet. <laughs> they're 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 gone. Besides, um, spoiler, even though we're gonna get there, um, Ben and um, Mark are the only ones that kind of make it out. Well, that and the uh, the constable who just like like yeah yeah him out of there. <laughs> I was like, this is the smartest guy in the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, Ben's like, you're running away. Yeah, your town's away. your town's falling apart, and you're running away. He's like, yeah, here's my fucking gun. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I don't I don't blame him. That town was being uh, overrun by. Too, yeah, know? exactly. But yeah, we can talk about that window scene. I think that's probably besides like the um. Uh, like any like major things about Kinsovan? Like, is there any- no, no? I mean, it's just like they just no, move a, a crate. Just, yeah. They move a crate to the to the guy's house, and, yeah. and that's it. Okay. Oh, that is something I wanted to ask you guys, and I'm sorry I keep interrupting. No, you good? Forgive me. Um, so I don't know if you guys have seen the Don Knotts movie, and I can't remember what the title is off the top of my head. Where through the entire movie, he's talking about this Wookalark, this fictional creature, this creature that he's he's afraid of and then at the very end of the movie and it has something to do with vampires or zombies or something like this where they go to this haunted house um but at the end of the movie they're they're driving with this crate in the back of the car and this wicklark pops out and that was what was going through my head as i'm watching them drive down the road and talk about how cold this was and everything so i just started laughing i might have seen it if i knew the title i could i could definitely tell you i have to look it up after but that is funny. No, the crate's so cold. <laughs> it's so cold. But yeah, we can talk about the window scene if you want, Aaron. Okay. Um. Yeah. Like I said, I kind of dozed off for the first like hour, and then like woke up like right before this scene. Which I I don't like. I said I don't. Imagine. I really don't blame <laughs> you for falling asleep because it's a lot of build up to a lot of kind of nothing at the end. Because the whole like climax is. 15. Yeah, I was going to say, it was considering, like, much I missed up until the climax, like, the end, like, I was a little disappointed. But... <laughs> okay, that's fine. But, anyway, we can't always review everything good here, no. so. I'm glad we're doing this one. A lot of other really good Stephen King movies and stuff. And, yeah. Boomer, I'm sorry I, I uh, uh, put you I, uh, into this situation of having to watch a three-hour-long vampire <laughs> movie that doesn't really have a lot going on <laughs> so i guess we're kind of doing what you do to your guests <laughs> here but instead of two movies it's one but it's like two movies <laughs> but yeah so i woke up to that actually that scene um oh no what was it yeah it was one of the yeah i think it was that yeah it was the window scene. well yeah there's two win there's technically there was, three windows yeah scenes. there was because there was no it was the one where he's like uh look at me teacher look at me teacher that's where i um that that's was, a little um, further down, I think. Yeah, that's um, Mark. Yeah. No, Mike. Mike was in, when he's in a chair, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's yeah, just yeah, sitting yeah. there, and he walks in. He's. Yeah, that was a really cool. 
do. But um, yeah, the the window scene is um, like I was saying earlier on, was like scared the hell out of me. Um, and I forgot there was so many. In my memory, maybe it's because I I stopped watching at that point when I was a kid. Yeah. And and went to bed. That so I totally just forgot. your mind cut it off, right? There. Yeah, because I thought it was only that window scene that scared the hell out of me. But now, upon like watching it again, um, yesterday, Ooh. and I, I'm crazy, and I watched it again today. I don't know why I wanted to subject six hours of me watching this movie, <laughs> but I, but I did to kind of you know um, memorize as much as possible. You know, I I have so many notes like it's it's so long. Like I don't even know why I did that. Um, yeah, freaking crazy. And um, I think any kid, maybe even still nowadays. If they were to see that, it would probably still scare the hell out of them. I mean, it would scare the hell out of me if there was a, someone floating outside my window, you know, scratching just scratching. It. Yeah. If I would have shown this to my son. I think he'd probably have nightmares. <laughs> um, and uh, another thing that really scared me as a kid too was Edward Scissorhands. <laughs> that was oh, another yeah. one when he's coming out from like behind, like the uh, all the shadows mm-hmm. when he first goes up to the. It's uh, such a mansion. good movie, though. It is. Uh, we'll review that at some point. Um. But uh, Boomer, is there any other highlights that it could be any point? It could be before, well, so, after, or anything. Well, just about that 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 window scene, and yeah, like at that point, I got invested in the movie again because mm-hmm. you're right; it's it's uh, it's it's pretty terrifying. It still holds up to today. I mean, it does, that... and considering how little is going on in the movie, like or not little, but like you yeah. know, like during that scene, yeah, it's yeah. not much. It's a lot of tension, but right. And we've already talked about the long buildup in this. And it's not like that it, most of it even really matters. I mean, if you watch something like Mandy, which is a two-hour, two-hour and a 15-minute movie, for that whole first part, you're getting to know, know the characters and you're getting yeah. a, a feel for their relationship and all this. I mean, this is this has buildup and it's building those relationships, but it doesn't do a great job with it. Even though the acting is good, the, yeah, the acting overall is 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 pretty fantastic for a, a TV mm-hmm. movie, but um, it doesn't do a really a, a decent job at fleshing really anybody out no. uh, or making anybody really really likable. I mean, Ben is is, is okay, but uh, again, he's kind of he, he's a little bit of a douche. Yeah, he is <laughs> for doing what he did to Susan and Ed. Yeah. I mean, no, it wasn't but, really his fault, but... Right. Again. But the window scene is is fantastic. Even though every single vampire brings their own smoke machine with them every time. Yeah. <laughs> and it just, like, gets sucked into, like, their butt. It looks like... It's really funny. <laughs> like a big fart cloud. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Uh. But I do love... The, the eyes are the main thing. It, oh, every know. single vampire has these the the the, the crazy eyes, and uh, like apparently piercing. because this was back in the day when those were horrible. So you hear about the the stories of Evil Dead, for instance. In this movie, apparently they were pretty pretty painful uh, to to put in for any length of time. Yep. So the fact that like these young actors can do such a great job of still being menacing and still holding their part while having to wear those those contact lenses is is amazing and it works it really works like you're saying the there are two or three window scenes and they're all really good i mean that's that's the best part of the movie it, it really is and it's kind of sad to say that because once again this movie is so long um to think that the best parts of the movie are the window scenes or when you 
see vampires doing vampire things almost. You see a couple of bites happen, but once again, there's like no blood or anything. Um, it's also very quick because I think a lot of those shots were made to cut to commercials. Uh, when you think of it that way, when they're going mm. in for the bite, it's like, ah, okay, now it's a commercial. It's like, oh, you know? man. <laughs> um, and that kind of happened um, later on. Uh, there was the scene with, like you were saying, with the rocking chair with, um, with Mike, Mike and yeah. Jason. There was a big cut there. And that was definitely to to uh, line up for commercials. That's one of the things that's a downside of like miniseries, especially way back in the day. Is like when you rewatch them now, you realize they were doing um, certain things to, um, you know, to work uh, around TV. Yeah, appease the, the the you know TV gods essentially to you know <laughs> fill time slots and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I think the next one we can definitely talk about is um, the scene. Uh, when Ned is in the cell, and this is a, when we kind of, not the first time that we see um, Barlow, but a very good shot of him is when uh, Ned is behind the bars and um, you know, his, his cell opens. And he's like, what the hell? But you see the hand, and it, it looks it looks good for how quick it is, even though it's all dark and everything. But when he wakes up, and oh my God, this is so funny. When he looks up, and it's it's Barlow looking at him. He's got the teeth, and he's all <laughs> blue, which I thought was also really cool. He's blue, and he's got the the eyes, and then Ned's face is all. <gasps> he's got this really like over exaggerated like face. It's so funny, and um, that was like another thing of they were doing that to kind of cut through a commercial. Um, yeah, it's it's great, and uh, all the vampires I think do a very very good job. If I could just watch the vampires do vampire things instead of worrying about Ben trying to save this town. I think I, I would have enjoyed it a lot more. I would have liked it more. And probably yeah. wouldn't have fallen asleep. Fallen asleep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um I'm trying to see if there's like any other Or really the big scene part. um before I think that's part of the like ending where it starts to pick up, but like when he comes through the window. No. Oh, when he's in the family. Yeah. Yeah, the fam that was a really fucked up part too. Um It was a good scene though, it was intense. Yeah, when they when they have the whole gathering with the the, the priest and um, yep. the, the mother and father and Mark. Yeah, that's a really good scene. And though when he like on the ground he just starts slowly like fucking Yeah, he's like at first I thought it was maybe um one of the, the Glick boys because we didn't really see anybody Giant uh, until this point, maybe no, that's a lie. We saw um, um, Marge die, right? I think that happened before this at the uh, the morgue where uh, (laughs) Ben makes his makeshift like popsicle stick. Oh, that's right. He's using tongue depressors, yeah, yeah, and he's (laughs) yeah, and he's like, he's devoting himself to God now. He's like, okay. I, I need you now. You know, I don't practice. And he's doing all these prayers and everything. And then he sticks it. He's like yelling for Bill. He's like, Bill, Bill, get in here. And he just puts it puts it on Marge and she just vanishes. <laughs> I don't remember that being any kind of lore with vampires, but it, you'd be touched with the crucifix and then you. I always ended. wondered. I was wondering about that. If that was like a thing with vampires or like that. Because like, I knew, like, you know, obviously you got the stereotypical bar, like. 
stakes, but like the crucifix always been like a. I know the crucifix can weak. burn, but then again, like the vampire lore, and I blame it all on the Hammer films, really, for it being so many different ways a vampire can die, um, and even like at the end, like I'll skip, but like when Ben's like staking Barlow, it takes like ten minutes <laughs> for him to get through his heart. Like what the hell? Oh my god. Um uh, what were we talking about? <laughs> There's so much to happen. Vampire stereotypes. <laughs> Vampire stereotypes. But um Boomer, I guess I can I can kick it to you because I totally forget what the hell I was saying. Um we're just bouncing around. Yeah, okay. so uh, yep. anybody who wants to take a shot at any point in this movie, please do so. Yeah, so I'm I'm really really upset that we didn't get any sparkling vampires in this oh um, no <laughs> but robert Pattinson. yeah it's there there is the the lore in this is just again it's not fleshed out at all you really don't know what barlow's powers are or anything and that that first real shot of him is is really good and in fact we did get a really really good remake of salem's lot and that was jacob's ladder in 2021 because they took lots of inspiration for this, but it's, it's a much better movie. And uh, so, yeah, we get Barlow, and he just opens up the sail with his hand, so I guess he's Magneto or something. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah be- because nothing's ever explained. You, you get no explanation for what they can actually do or what their powers are. The and, vague and vampire. It's just, yeah, if if the script says he needs to do it, then he's going to do it. Because, yeah. <laughs> because that, that that's that's what we have going on. And I I'd love the I don't know I want to jump to the end but I mean, we're all over the place so yeah uh, when you're talking about him being staked for like two minutes so <laughs> every time I see a stake scene in these movies it always brings up uh, Homer and uh, Mr. Burns <laughs> in the <laughs> Treehouse of Horror yeah <laughs> so I just keep like I just kept expecting Mark at some point to say why are you why are you staking him in the crotch <laughs> <laughs> I know it kind of looked like that's what he was doing. <laughs> Because he's just not dying. It's just extremely painful for him. So it's like, okay, just go ahead and kill me and stop hitting me in the junk with the fucking <laughs> That just hurts. Yeah. Get it over uh, with. <laughs> I don't know. I was I was laughing so much when I was watching. I was like, why is it taking so long for him to kill him? Usually it's just, bonk, that's it. Have but, you ever staked a vampire before, man? It's like they, they had to do this long build up to make all of the vampires come after Mark and then him hold the door. You know, he's limping because he fell and just broke his ankle. But like, even if you're trying to do that, it's not going to take you 15 minutes to kill a vampire. Like, I mean, if, if any of us were in that situation, I'm sure we'd figure find a soft spot pretty quickly, you know, to yeah. get the shit over with. <laughs> but... and I, I, I honestly like, we're we're at the end right now, but like, I hate the whole. Oh, what's this? Forget about Susan. Like, wasn't <laughs> the whole point just to go in there and save her? And and he was like, oh. Susan, please forgive me. So they they burn the place, and then she's just like in this like little like I don't even know where the hell she was like in a window building or something, and all you hear is go, ah, <laughs> fucking Susan. Ah. It's like oh my god, so she <laughs> got Susan. Yeah, it's like oh, a lot of this I feel like was it must have been rushed, but I don't, I can't blame Toby Hooper for it because he had another person helping him write and direct. 
and um that and there's probably so much like yeah lore and with and, like, it also being book. kind of balanced between two different directors and, yeah and whatnot i mean you can't really put fault on one person um even though everybody loves to shit on toby hooper and, and i hate that because I, I i love his work and i think toby yeah. hooper is, is great um and he's been obviously brushed under a lot of things like you know like poltergeist everybody thinks steven spielberg was a person really behind it when it really was toby hooper's movie mm-hmm. um steven spielberg was kind of like you know helped spearhead because he's and the big name you know yeah but uh so it kind of sucks that he's associated with this movie because uh, done so many great things. It just doesn't and... like show what he's capable of. I feel like yeah, and I just watched the Funhouse um, for the first time actually that they added the Shutter, but I've never seen that one and I loved it. And um, then like doing that and then going to this, I was like, what happened? But it had to have been like you know on t on the TV, um, people. I'm not gonna say Stephen King because he like he just kind of gave the okay to you know bring it to just the to, screen, yeah. Um, and like obviously he had other people helping him, but yeah, the whole ending of this movie it just it feels so rushed and empty, and you can kind of say that about almost anything during this film because it's like there's certain points where it feels like they're well, trying I wouldn't to say it was rushed. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. But, no, but I know what you're saying. Definitely parts in this film that it felt like it could have been leading somewhere really cool, but then they take a character away. Like the whole like Ben and Jason aspect, I, I would have loved to see them go on these hunts. But oh, yeah. but he instead he has he has a heart attack. And I don't know. It, and then we don't even see really um Ben go see Jason besides once and he's hooked up the tubes. And he's like, oh, well, I guess Jason's done. <laughs> so, and um, we don't even know if he turned into a vampire at some point or whatnot. But, um, yeah, there's a lot of weird things. Um, another really cool uh, part that I liked that was really quick was um, when Danny is in the hospital and he gets to visit from his brother again. He, he actually gets bit. And then when the nurse walks in, he's all in the bed like... <laughs> <laughs> like, it's all like turned and everything i thought that was really really cool that was also really creepy mm-hmm. so there's definitely um points in this film that are scary yeah and um obviously scared me as a kid i just wish they it was... could have cut it a little bit i feel like they could have cut it and i think they should have made it a lot darker like they could have went yeah. in like a more sinister way instead of making it too family friendly because this this is PG, and I mean, yeah. obviously PG back then was completely different than what PG is now. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I, I just... It comes down to that censorship for TV. Yeah. I think if this was a full fledged movie, and you know, like I said, my only gripe, my, my main gripe is like the length. That yeah. it was hard for me to like get into. But I think if you know this was made into like a full fledged movie, though, it would have had a lot more potential. I think it you know could have mm-hmm. been. But again, it was different times too, though. So who knows? But, I'm gonna have to go watch the Rob Lowe version of this because I think I, I keep did seeing watch it pop it, up on the fucking IMDb. So I don't think I've actually seen it. I like Rob Lowe, so maybe he can uh, put a new spin on it. Um, you know, something else about this that was just kind of weird to me, and I don't know, maybe you guys you guys caught it, but a lot of these people got turned into vampires off screen. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. So I was extremely confused because there were people that were being turned into vampires, I think, or animals being killed, all kinds of stuff, before Barlow even got there. He was still in a crate. 
Uh, yeah. so, now that you're saying that, yeah. Like when the dog dies, it's like right. Was it, was it maybe it was a striker kind of getting bodies? I guess. But then the might. dog was still there. That is a really good point. Huh. Huh. <laughs> yeah, because it was Find it was the, the dog, <laughs> and then I know that um, one of the Glick boys, the younger one, I know he got captured from from Striker, but they lead you to think that it was Barlow. You know, with the whole oh he he wears black, uh, he wears black suits and stuff. But yeah, it was it was Striker in the beginning, but the dog I, that doesn't make sense. And well, that and Susan as well. Like you know, you never you never see return. <laughs> Barlow's asleep, so I guess it was one of the other vampires. I mean, they do say something. the town is run up, you know, run by vampires. So like... very weird. Because huh. I was thinking the and same it... thing at the. And That's if they're so successful, I mean, if they're doing so well, turning people and taking over, like, why is the world not full of vampires? Exactly, exactly. Yeah, because at the end, when yeah, cause I'm now I'm really confused. More thinking about this because at the very, very end, when they, when they, you know, they get the um the holy water and it glows and whatnot, and they said, "Oh, we, we got to keep going." He's like, "No," but then they keep going and find a a building. I don't know if that was a place they were hiding out. Or if it was somewhere they were led to, and Susan's just laying there, it's like, "Oh, I finally found you. You were really hard to find." I was like, throughout this whole, the whole scene, I was like, "Is this their spot?" Because Mark's like in another room, but it's like Ben knew that she was there. So does does the holy water also talk to them of who's gonna be there <laughs> and whatnot? There is a lot of weird writing and like loopholes everywhere. The more I'm thinking about it, the more confused I am about this film. That's not a good thing. <laughs> no. Because um, it's like making me want to ask more questions that lead to nowhere. Because a movie... Yeah, doesn't really answer a lot of questions. No, because like... I thought at the end... Well, one thing that I, I thought I learned from certain movies, like, I know a werewolf, if you kill like the main werewolf guy, everybody goes back to normal. And I thought that was the same way with vampires. That if they killed the main vampire yeah. guy, they would turn back. They killed Barlow, but everybody else was still turned. Or was everybody burned? I'm so confused. Well, um, what's her name? Just poofed. Um, yeah, she poofed by being <laughs> hit by... A popsicle stick crucifix. But, no, because no, that's weird now. She poofed, but Barlow melted. So, like, what are they trying to do here in this film? Maybe they're different types of vampires? Different Question mark? <laughs> God, I'm so confused. Yeah, that part was so funny, too, just because, <laughs> like, she, yeah, so she poofs out of existence and still knocks over a couple of carts. Like, all right, if I'm going out, I'm, gonna... I'm taking these carts with me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That um... and the striker thing, when, when he takes, oh, that's something else I forgot to mention, but when he takes. The Ralphie, super strength. <laughs> oh yeah! So, what the fuck? Movies <laughs> all over the fucking place. <laughs> but when he takes uh, Ralphie, I think I think his, his name. Yeah, is Ralphie is the, the younger boy. The yeah, the younger yeah. one. So he comes in carrying that uh, Ralphie like wrapped up, and it's like a two foot long 
thing in like a plastic bag or something. I'm like, unless he cut this dude's legs off, like Ralphie is not in that bag. <laughs> that that was really funny. I didn't know what that was at first, and I was like, oh yeah, it's gotta be the boy. But yeah, at the end, like Striker's got this super strength where he just he picks up um Bill and puts him into like the antlers. It's like, where does the super strength come from? Is he a vampire? Because <laughs> yeah. he's no, he's supposed to be a normal human. They're like, oh, you can shoot him. And he'll die because he's just a familiar. He's a normal human, but yeah, for some reason he has super strength. <laughs> it's it's like out of nowhere because like throughout the whole movie he was fine. I mean, no, because Ralphie is a boy, so I wouldn't even be able to carry him like no problem. Because he was holding him with two hands, but at the end, like, did he like drink blood or something that gave him like temporary powers? But then uh, Ben unloads like six rounds into him, and then he finally dies. <laughs> But I thought he was yeah, going to get right back up. Yeah, he remembered that he was uh, he was just a normal person and ended up just dropping like a sack of potatoes. He was put up a fight that he was like, oh, I can do this. Yeah, he was in the adrenaline rush. With like a, um, um, a freaking peg from the stairs, too. He was like, I'm going to kill you with this wooden peg. Oh, really, really funny. Uh... I love the, like, the honest... I, 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 some reason i found like the hissing and the growling from vampires hilarious i don't know why just when they like hold up the... they yeah. just fucking instant like i've always found that thing. <laughs> i don't know um yeah so what happens if your vampire is buddhist or something and they don't you know i'm just like the mummy Buddha scene. statue yeah it's like the mummy scene where uh i forget what the guy's name is but he keeps just going through the different religious symbols until he finds one that works yeah. <laughs> uh, i'm just running through my notes very quickly to see if there's any other really big things it's also kind of weird too that um the only vampire that is able to have a coffin is barlow when everybody else is just sitting around him i always thought that was really funny i thought they were all supposed to have their own individual yeah. coffins um because they're like oh let's well, drag them out that would be the most amazing thing ever um uh, i don't know kind of like a, a blazing saddles thing or something like you know so yeah uh barlow is moves to this town he's like hey striker we're gonna need a shitload of coffins yeah 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 <laughs> He goes to tell Crockett, like, yeah, I need, like, 20 coffins. And, oh, yeah, you got it. <laughs> Crockett was like, yeah, man, whatever you want. Whatever you want. Um, walk into this room full of coffins. Somebody walks in. Vampires poke their heads up. <laughs> uh, there's really not much that happens until, like, the very end. Covered a lot, most of that shit. Yeah, and, like, the whole fascination with, like, the Marston house and stuff. Like, I mm -hmm. feel like... I wanted to see flashbacks of Ben as a kid going into the Marston house instead of him oh, explaining yeah. it. I think seeing it, even though it would have made the movie way longer, <laughs> um, I think that would have been would have been nice. Because at first like, I it, thought, sorry, Aaron, you're good. Um, no, you're fine. at first I thought the reason why he was connected to this house was because like he's a vampire, but he's not. It's just that his his aunt was there and worked there and then like things happened and people died and he went on and like said like oh yeah there's been murders in there and and whatnot so i thought that maybe he was gonna be um i don't know like part of whatever this house house was like this darkness because they're even kind of alluding to that it's like well if the house attracts dark and bad things 
what does that make you? And he even thinks it's like, hmm, so maybe he's a bad guy, but then he's not. He's just a normal guy who just kills vampires for a living. <laughs> and this like, immediately becomes like an, an expert vampire hunter. <laughs> immediately, as soon as he starts giving like prayers to the, the popsicle stick um, cross. <laughs> it's it's really, really funny. Um, so that's that's just one thing I wish that they could have done was just like show younger Ben. Yeah, like an opening scene of him going to... Yeah, not like us seeing them put holy water into a bottle twice. Yeah. I think the that would have been a much better thing, seeing young Ben in a house, and then it, they would have jumped like way further into the future of him returning. Yeah, I think that would have been really cool. Yeah, yeah. How much better would that have been to get rid of the Bonnie and Collie yeah. side side <laughs> story, and yeah, do an opening. And tie all that in together where, yes, this, you know, the house is haunted or it, you know, draws evil or something like that. And that's why there's, there's vampires coming to, to this town or to this area instead of all the shenanigans that we got instead. It could have been like an hour and a half movie they did that, to be honest. Well, do you remember, do you remember from the book what it was like that? No, not off the top of my head. Um, I actually think I might go read read the book now to just see Compare how it. much different it is because i'm trying to think of things and it's been it's been so long since i've read it it's not like it where i can just be like yep this happened in there and mm-hmm. it happened in there because i think i only um, read salem's lot once yeah. and that was like a long time ago when i was when i was in, still in school oh you guys want to talk about uh mark and how how amazing his his room is oh like <laughs> yeah oh i keep forgetting that this yeah that's one thing I love about um, movies like this when they always have like a younger boy and it's like all like horror stuff. It's like, oh yeah, yeah, that's me. He's got like masks everywhere. Mm-hmm. Even his dad is an ass though. He's like, when are you gonna stop playing with these toys? <laughs> He's like, uh, when I want to, <laughs> <laughs> which is like never. Yeah, the kids always have the most badass runs in movies. Yeah, and I mean, like, like I said, he kind of becomes like the hero. I mean, technically it would be Ben, but. Mark, you know, was surrounded by all these monsters and stuff. Like, even his parents were saying that. So he kind of already knew. Because he was running to that house. He was, like, really running with, with two stakes. He's like, I'm going to fucking kill you. He's like, I'm going to kill you for killing my parents. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then that leads into Susan going in there. And then we have the whole, like, cat and mouse and semi-tense moment. I think that that whole scene of um Susan finding... Mark was the tensest moment of the whole movie, I feel. Yeah. Um, so I kind of enjoyed that because it was making me a little bit more engaged in other scenes. It was like, what's going to happen mm-hmm. next? Because they're actually in the house and we're seeing things we've never seen before. No. So I will say one thing for uh, Toby Hooper, kind of like you were talking about how he gets a bad rap for different things, but Toby Hooper has an amazing eye for direction. And yeah. that that scene where she's searching the house and she's in the foyer and he's going up the, uh, yeah. The, over the second floor is that's a phenomenal shot. Yeah. So, I, I actually have that written down here and I totally forgot about that. So thank you for bringing that up. And I don't think there's really anything else I have to touch on this because everything really important. I think we, we touched, I mean, we can go through all the boring things, but who wants to listen to that? Right. <laughs> Um. Yeah, it's just funny that Ben and Mark are like, 
yeah, we're going to be the ones to kill all these vampires. It's us. <laughs> and Mark's just like, uh, uh, okay, <laughs> I, I guess that's what we'll do now. He's like, he kind of already fulfilled what he wanted to do. He just wanted to kill Barlow because he killed his parents. But Ben like puts it in his head like, they're going to find us. They're going to search for us. And I mean, it's kind of true, but really it was only Susan because I was the only one that we saw at the end. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, he was checked out after he killed Bob. He was like, I'm done. <laughs> yeah, he's like, whatever, I did what I, what I had to do. I went back home. <laughs> I don't think there's anything else. Is there anything that you want to add, uh, Boomer, before we, I don't know, put our final thoughts to this? Ratings and whatnot. No, I don't think so. I think we pretty much covered it all, unless, yeah, you guys want to talk about stuff where they just sat around talking about stuff that had nothing relevant to the plot. What did they have for dinner again in the beginning of the yeah. movie? <laughs> <laughs> like, the whole, like, one of the things I think was just really stupid was uh, Ben going to see, you know, Jason and being like, oh, well, uh, is Mark like me and stuff like that? It's like, well, everybody's like, I've written two or three books, and it's funny, too, throughout the whole movie, it was like, I don't think anybody's read his books, <laughs> except for, like, Susan, who hasn't even finished them, and he's like, it's okay, you don't need to. It's like, he knows that his writing is bad so that yeah. that was really funny too but i think they could have left out a lot of that i know that they're oh, yeah, trying I forgot to about that when he asked her um go ahead oh i'm sorry i was just uh, when when he first meets her and yeah 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 uh, she's like yeah i'm reading your i'm reading your newest book uh because i read the other one and he's like oh, do you remember the title and she's like no no <laughs> yeah. that was really funny um i think that's really it uh, I guess um, we'll have you start, Boomer. What, what would you rate this um, movie, quote-unquote, miniseries, quote-unquote? Um, yeah. All right. Well, I'll preface this by saying that you probably should watch this. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's extremely, extremely iconic. And yeah, there it's... are good things about it. Well, we, we, we touched on some of them. All the window scenes. The one with Danny and Mark is, is fantastic. The one with Ralphie and Danny is, is really good. I, I really in, enjoy everything that has to do with Barlow when, when, when he's involved. So there are good things about this movie, and I, I do think you should watch it. Uh, with that being said, uh, we, we talked about your and you're right. The, the setup is, is not great, and it is extremely long. So what I will say is is have a couple of whiskeys beforehand, and all <laughs> that stuff that makes no sense is going to be a lot more fun to you. And you can kind of laugh at, at, at some of the silliness that is in this movie because there are there are extremely silly parts. Uh, oh yeah. And I didn't I didn't mention it, but the dog puppet was terrible. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So there are things in here that are are legitimately kind of funny. So yeah, you have a couple of drinks and this is going to be better, but probably a four out of ten for me as far as movies go. I think that might be the lowest rating anybody has given any of the movies that we have reviewed on the show. Probably pretty close to it. Um, well, go ahead, Aaron. You can uh, say your thoughts now. Um, well, from what I, you, you know, when we actually what you actually get for vampires, like the scenes with vampires, I think they're fucking amazing. You know, I think they did really good with Barlow yeah. and you know the makeup and all that, and like I said, those eyes that just like piercing almost um and they're pretty terrifying and then the ones of course but um i think it was too long at least for me as we've already mentioned um and it could have cut it down a bit but um 
I think there was it's all kind of all over the place a little Definitely, bit. Um for sure. And leaves some loopholes, but from what I did you know, see, I, you know, like I said, I did enjoy the uh, <laughs> vampire scenes. You definitely but... have to knock off points for you falling asleep. Yeah. You really do. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, uh, but considering, you know, it does kind of, like, pave the way for a little bit for, like, you know, other movies. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, it's still considered, like, a classic, you know, but. Oh, yeah, for sure. And there's a lot of Stephen King. Shots, yeah. But I'm probably going to give it a four out of ten, too. All right. Well, that's like the lowest I've ever given to. <laughs> all right. So where to even begin? Um, like I said, this is a, a really big nostalgia hit for me. And I think that's like one of the main factors of this movie. Like one yeah. of the main appeals is the nostalgia factor for a lot of people. Yeah. And um, seeing like the window scene again, like in my life at this point for how long I haven't seen this movie and just like kind of reliving the feelings that I um that I had when I was watching as a kid, uh, really I think sums up a lot of this movie. Is like is how I felt back then, and uh, kind of going back to my childhood. So this is probably gonna be a higher rating than you guys, even though this <laughs> this movie definitely is slow, very long. Like I keep saying, uh, it's a the longest burn. I think I have ever encountered in a film slash miniseries Same. ever. Um, the ending kind of leaves it way too open. I feel um, leaves you wanting more. Yeah, in a, in, in a way, I, I really think if they kind of cut a lot of what was happening in the town and maybe doing a lot more of the vampire hunting sooner, yeah, it would have been a little bit uh, more engaging and also like if we change the intro of ben being uh you know a child in the marston house and stuff like that and seeing those events happen instead of being told and not having any flashbacks of it at all mm-hmm. um i think would have been a really nice touch yeah but if i have to be critical on this like this view here it's a podcast and we try to be as critical as we can without being too mean um, I'm going to give it like a five out of 10 blood splatters. Yeah. Uh, I, I think four might be a little too harsh, but then again, we've all seen so many movies. You just saw X so many times. So you know what a good movie is. Um, especially this being like your first viewings, um, and not seeing this, um, when you're at an age where things would terrify you, I can understand yeah. why. You would it's put kind of underwhelming. Yeah, I mean, not to say that things nowadays won't terrify you, but like the things that would scare you as a, as a child, mm-hmm. and um, I feel like that would give you the the four or even lower out of ten on this. But like as Boom was saying, this is definitely a movie you need to watch. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of iconic shots in it. Um, it's it's a Stephen King adaptation, so I mean, you, you have to watch it just for that. Unless you're more towards the books and not so much the movies and stuff, um, yeah, it's it's not really a hard movie to watch. It's just be very boring at times. So five out of ten. I really wish <laughs> I didn't give it that low of a rating, and I wish that there was more that was happening in this film. I really do. Um, 
but unfortunately, just, you know, all the shit that was going on with uh, possible different directors and I don't even know yeah, how many... it could be a number of things. It could have been this was maybe written multiple times and had to kind of rewrite things. Um, if Stephen King was actually part of it and helped with the writing process, I think it would have been better. But that's just my opinion. Yeah. Did he make any cameos in this one? No, he didn't. No. I don't believe he did. If he did, it could have been quick. That was another thing that Stephen King did a lot of was back cameos. then. Was cameos in his in his adaptations. He didn't do one in this one. Maybe that's what ruined it for me. <laughs> <laughs> we needed a Stephen King cameo in there. Um, like, I'm sorry, Boomer, that I, I put you up against this. But um, I'm, I'm glad that you did experience it, though. And do you feel... I don't know. Do you feel enlightened now that you've seen a movie, um, I don't know, bad from uh, someone else giving it to you? Or do, do you wish that you'd never seen this? <laughs> no, I'm, I'm definitely glad I, I saw this movie. Like you said, it's, it's, it's completely iconic and I needed to, I needed to see it. So, and I'm doing this thing where I'm trying to get to 365 horror movies that I've not seen. This yeah, year. I saw that. It's oh, great. Cool. Yeah, so, uh, and this was, so this was perfect that I hadn't got to watch it. But yeah, uh, about hour two in this, I was like, son of a bitch. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, no I'm, I'm, I'm definitely uh, glad I, I, I saw this one and I can, I can chalk it up. And like I said, there were, you know, this, this paved the way for a, a bunch of stuff that would, that would come later on. And I, I think I misspoke earlier. I, I don't probably do that. I, I think I said Jacob's Ladder when I meant Jacob's Wife. That was yeah, yeah, yeah. That was okay. That one. I was yeah, Jacob's wife's really good. Yeah, you, you, everybody was confused. Like, what the fuck? Is this is a <laughs> I just Jacob's went with it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay. Yeah, we yeah we covered that one. That's really good. And also, this like the way Barlow looks too is very like reminiscent to Nosferatu. Oh yeah, like the original. See, um, right now, but you can tell um, the inspiration that this had. Even if it wasn't like a Stephen King story, you can you can see all the inspiration, even like how it kind of fired other films, like you were saying, like um, Jacob's Wife, um, and I'm sure there's other things, but Jacob's Wife is definitely very reminiscent of how Barlow looked. If you would have combined um, Nosferatu and Barlow, you would get the vampire that's in Jacob's Wife for sure. So yeah, I definitely, definitely see that. That's a great movie too. You should definitely go watch Jacob's Wife. I mean, who doesn't like Barbara Crampton and Larry Fessenden? Fessenden. <laughs> He's got a weird last name. Where else am I getting directed over here? <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I think that's probably all that we have for this. Unless uh, there's any last uh, comments that you want to add, Boomer, or even you, Aaron, if there's anything that you want to add. Um. I think I about got all, everything I wanted to. Me too. I, I feel pretty drained talking feel, about yeah. this movie. Uh, the vampire like is definitely yeah, there wasn't drained a me. Ton to talk. Oh, I feel like, and that's really it's just kind of yeah. To be on a like and like I wanted podcast. to really like like I said, not that I hated the movie or anything. Like I didn't dislike it, but I really wanted wanted to like like it a lot more. But it didn't um wanted you know the nostalgia hit definitely um, i think that's one of the main like what appeals really made me excited for this because even when we we're putting this list together i was like yeah we're gonna do salem's light you're gonna love this movie i <laughs> loved it as a kid 
and now watching i'm just like nostalgia is too hard but it was kind of like <laughs> last week too with it we were expecting to both like the miniseries better but yeah. then we ended up preferring movies yeah. I was very upset with myself. <laughs> I'm not so upset with myself this week because the movie kind of did it to itself. <laughs> you know? Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty much all that we have for this one. Boomer, um, once again, if you want to tell everybody where they can find you and whatnot, and um, I don't know if you want to disclose any uh, episodes you got coming up or any guests or anything, you have the floor, my friend. Sure. So... I am Podcast in the Woods, and you can find me on all major podcasting platforms. I do have an episode dropping on Monday, the 10th episode that I've done with Gabby Gore. And we are very, very loosely tying in Lovecraft to Event Horizon and Phantoms. <laughs> so uh, I, I did it to her and made her watch some shit, but I love it. I, I, have, I have so much fun with that film, but everybody else hates that movie. But that's coming out Monday, and uh, if you would like to email the show, you can do so at podcastinthewoods1 at gmail.com. And I'd love to hear uh, you guys' takes on, on my thoughts. That's always a good time uh, having those discussions. Yeah, there was one other thing. This week, we didn't get any comments from The Void either, so I guess oh, yeah. there was a lot of people that just didn't want to comment on Salem's <laughs> Lot. And um, I, I can understand why. And um, that, that's a new segment that we have on the show. Um, I know that you uh, were actually featured last week uh, on your comment on uh, on it. So um, I think, yeah, right? I think it was last week. Yeah. Um, comments from the void. Yeah, comments from the void. It's super fun. Um, <laughs> and plus, Gabby's really, really, really good. I love uh, everybody over at um, Horror Haven LLC. And um, we're actually longtime friends with um, Horror Gamer, who's also host over there. We had him on our show. Um, last year we did um, Sadako versus K. K- you were just watching Ayako. the movie. You were just yeah. watching the movie. Yeah, I always get the names. Yeah, he he actually introduced us to that one because um, I've always wanted to get more into like Japanese horror and like this Korean horror in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I love like the the body horror stuff that they do over there and just how nuts they can get compared to how we get things over here. Um, so when we were watching that one, it's like this movie's like. So many different genres into one. It's great, uh, especially towards the end when like the 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 little girl and the and the old guy come in there and they start like kicking ass and stuff. It's great. It's like what the fuck am I watching right now? That's such a great film. That was a good interview too, and just a good guest. Um, but for us, uh, next week we're actually going to be doing Misery, and we're going to be having Mike from Man Bites Dog on. So um, we have. Two more weeks of Stephen King. So we have Misery. And then we have Firestarter um, right? to end it all, the original, with um, Ross from General Witchfinders. Those are both really good podcasts. I know that you you listened to them. Um, did, you, did you do an episode with Ross? I did, yeah. we did. He, uh, he was the one that brought Bram Stoker's Dracula. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, we, we talked about that in Evil, Evil Dead 2013, uh, which, which he movies. wasn't the big, biggest fan of. Uh, I know. I'm like, yeah, I love that movie, but Great. Uh, I, 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 I get it. We had we had a good discussion about those. So Ross is fantastic. He is a fantastic guest. So you yeah, guys they have a lot great. of really good knowledge, especially about like Hammer films and shit like that. Oh my god, I cannot wait to get get him on and pick his brain. Um, so like, what exactly define horror, Hammer films? Like Hammer is like 
Universal German? Monsters, right? They took the Universal Monsters, but it's like the UK version. Oh, okay. And they, and they added some a lot of new things. So it's like you know, like Christopher Lee, he was like Dra- he was Dracula over there. You oh, know? okay. So, um, the rendition of yeah, the pretty classic. much it was, and there was a lot of um very beautiful girls in all of the, those movies, you know, it's like always mm-hmm. you talk about the hammer girls and they're still talked about till this day, but I think there's a collection on shutter right now. Some um, hammer films that you can go watch. I think there's a, a really good anthology one that they have. I think it's called um, asylum. That's really, really cool. You haven't seen that one. That's a hammer film. Very, very good. But I think that's about it for this episode because these vampires drain the hell out of me. <laughs> um, so, Boomer, thank you so much for being on, man. I'd yeah, love to you. have you on again. We'll do a better movie, I promise. That will have way <laughs> more, more to talk about. Um, <laughs> so, we, we can do better or worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we can always always do worse, way. and we can always do better. <laughs> but, um, yeah, dude, thank you so much for being on. And um, I know that we've been talking about uh, uh, going on to your show, so that will be uh, yeah. talked about soon. So Absolutely, uh, yeah. Thank you wait. so much for for having me, man. It's 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 been an honor. I love you guys. So this is Thank you. this is awesome. Thank you. Thank and, you for uh, it's it's always crazy to hear that because like we both work like um long jobs and stuff, and this is really just for fun. And always hearing people like say, "Oh, we love your show," and it's just like I don't even realize that many people listen to us. But then when I go into like the analytics and stuff, I'm like, "Oh, there are people who listen to us." Then right. we get like guests on Surreal, all the time honestly. that it's like yo man we love your show and it's like wow you listen to us like when we found out that the house um that screams uh listen to us i was like what these guys are like our big you know um i don't know influences like, on everything and, and, yeah. and I, I love them so much and also seeing like how far you're coming and and i can't wait to see how far you actually go like everybody else it, it's great and the whole podcast community right now especially in the, the horror community is is really strong and everybody's so supportive of everybody and um that's why we like to invite all you guys on as many times as we can spread so, the word and yep i can i can resend you the list too of all the things that are going on this year if you want to come on again man oh, it, by all means like we have people going sure. on like two or three times this year so i don't, I really don't care even if you think of another movie, we, I'm sure we can squeeze some in, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's, there's a lot of things that we can do. Thank you so much for being on, dude. Definitely a pleasure. And I think on that, we are going to end. So this was the Baron's Hideout Podcast. I was your host, Dustin. And I was your co-host, Aaron. And our special guest, Boomer from Podcast in the Woods. Please go check him out. Thank you, guys.